Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Reeves is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Well, welcome to another episode of the Candidates Podcast. The core officers uh, at Craigieburn, uh, captains Pete and Joe Brookshaw. So, welcome to both of you. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Very good. So far, <clears throat> things are going well. Now, I've just had a look around the building. There's a basketball court. There's a rock climbing ball. There's a van, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. It's a, quite a big complex. You guys got plenty to do during the day. Absolutely. Yeah, there's plenty <laughs> of stuff to go on, going on around here. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of activity regarding kids and disabilities and feeding people, talk, heaps of stuff. Just talk about the disabilities yep. stuff that you do. Yeah. Um, so we've recently um, got a, a new group on site who are a, a local disability service that run a day program. And so um, those guys meet up in the morning and they plan their activities for the day and sometimes they're on site, sometimes they're off site. Um, but one day a week they volunteer at our community lunch and they love to be part of what we're doing here. So okay. So w- when's the community lunch? Tuesdays. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Should have come on Tuesday. Yeah, should have. It was interesting, Matt, because um, it was a few months ago where I was looking in our foyer one day and um, we had a, a guy who was um, making coffees behind the counter and uh, he was talking with another volunteer about Asperger's or something and then we had um, a volunteer from our doorways program on their wheelchair, wheeling their way out, you know, grabbing a coffee and then all the these disability guys um, helping with the community lunch and I thought, wow, we're like in the disability support kind of area and never realised, you know, God would kind of lead us in that direction. And all of that was kind of happening on one day and I thought, wow, look at where God has taken our, our church. Yeah. Well, what, what sort of church did you think you would lead? Well, um, you know, maybe we had a, a bit of a, um, uh, you know, music on the Sunday mornings and middle class kind of um, thing happening, I guess, for a few years. And um, I think we've been really challenged to reach out to a, a lower socio socioeconomic area, you know, group of people in our community. And um, when we do that, there's a whole bunch of challenges and things that come yeah. out of that. But um, it's been interesting to look around and see people who um, have been struggling with different things like addiction and, and all the rest of it who are now part of our community of faith, you know, finding encouragement and, and things. Yeah. Joe, what a Craigieburn, mm. like it's a big suburb. It's yep. quite spread out. It's quite industrial. How, yeah. how would you describe like the community in which this church serves? Yeah. Um, so we're located on um, the kind of the junction of a highway and a freeway. Um, so there's lots of traveling happening around the area, but it's a really multicultural space as well. Um, so we find there's a lot of Middle Eastern people in the local area. There's some people that um, are asylum seekers and refugees. We've got a lot of um, Indian Catholics around the place as well and um, a lot of younger families moving into the area because of the housing development. And what was the, when I drove up here, the, yep. is there a temple? Yeah, there's what? a Sikh temple. A oh, Sikh temple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's big. Yeah, it's big and they like to feed people as well. So there's oh. lots of good places to find food around here. If you plan it well, actually, you can get a free meal all through the week. Craig <laughs> It's good. Are you it the chaplain well. down at the Sikh temple? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sikh first, the kingdom of God. It's in the Bible. So. <laughs> okay, so you... Now, I know you, Joe. We're actually yep. related yep. at some level. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you grew up at Werribee, Wyndham, Preston-ish. Mm. Like, yeah. The whole 
point of these conversations, and there actually is a point, is to sort of talk about people's calling into ministry yep. and then where that kind of leads. Do you, what, what is your call to ministry? Is it, could you t- tell us a little bit about it so that we can kind of understand and people can appreciate yeah. that God calls us with all different gifts from all, all different sort of things? Can you? Yeah, sure. Go. Um, so, like you, I've grown up in the Salvation Army. Yep. Um, and so my parents always been part of anything Salvo. So I grew up being part of all of the typical Salvo kid stuff that you would do, junior soldiers. So your, your mum is Keith Marsh. Absolutely, your yes. Dad is Alan. Your dad actually taught me to play the corner. He's awesome. I don't know if you know <laughs> wow. that. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. Used to come well around done. to my house. I remember he had a fold-up bike. Really? Mm. I don't even remember that. Oh, well, there you go. Anyway, it was yeah. a long time ago <laughs> when we lived at Bandura. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, sorry, I interrupt. That's okay. That's great. Um, so he's he's been involved in banding for a long time, obviously, so Salvation Army Band was part of that as well. So all of that Salvation Army culture sort of stuff I grew up around um, and it was I think it was in my teenage years when I started to get involved in um, youth ministry and doing things a little bit differently to what the traditional Salvo stuff had happened for my childhood that I understood my own faith was for me and not just a general family thing. Um, and so I knew that God had a purpose for my life apart from what my family were doing and what my family history was. Um, and that came when I went to a conference in New Zealand, which was like a big youth get together with the Salvation Army. Um, and I kind of all of a sudden felt like God was saying, I want you for my work and for my ministry because of who I've made you to be. Yeah. But yeah. you're a really creative person. Aren't you? I know you're, yeah. you're, you're musical, but you're also, you're a painter. Yeah. You, what else? You wrote a book. Didn't you do a book about Yeah, yeah. I made a colouring book. In. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny story. My, my daughter actually took that to school this week and she's showing all her friends and telling okay. them they've got to buy my colouring book. Yeah. Matt, I wrote and a book as well, but it doesn't have colouring in pages. Oh, and well, it no. sold about a quarter of what Joe has <laughs> yeah. sold. We'll get to you in a second. So... <laughs> So you are creative, yeah. Yeah. So what were you going to do if you weren't going to if you weren't yeah. going to be involved in ministry? What yeah. was the plan? Um, so I actually um, I got involved in doing some graphic design sort of stuff. I trained in multimedia um, in the olden days when we didn't have oh, all the awesome computers. PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I eventually got a job at THQ, and I thought this is going to be awesome because I can do my creative stuff. I can design posters and and resources for the Salvation Army. Um, And that just kind of brings my life into a whole complete picture that I thought would be a sweet spot for me. Um, And so around the time, that time I was getting married to Pete and things like that. And in our relationship, we always just kind of knew that we would be brought into ministry at some stage. But there was never a plan. We hadn't said when we got married, okay, this will be the year we will go and do ministry together. Um, it just kind of was part of who we were together as a couple. Um, and so there was a, a time where it came in our relationship. We just all of a sudden just looked at each other and thought, it's got to be now. And this was while I was still working at... T- oh, no, I, th- I think I'd moved on from then. Um, but I got to that point when I was working at THQ, I was like, I've got to be with people and doing ministry in my local church. And so Pete and I began working together um, in youth and children's ministry in, at, at Werribee Core. Um, and we got to that stage, like I said, where we just went, it's now. We've got to move and do what God wants us to do. Okay. Now, yeah. Pete, tell us about the book that you wrote that no one read. <laughs> <laughs> I read it. I can't I even read remember because I didn't wife. read it either. But um, <laughs> no, it was good. I wrote a book with uh, Major Stephen Court, um, which was interesting because he's based in America and Canada at the time. So we're just emailing each other and putting together a little manuscript um, about holiness and um, 
So what was, what was it called? So it was called Holy. Oh, right. And uh, we spoke about nine lies, half-truths and outrageous misconceptions about holiness. Um, you know, the idea that um, holiness is, um, you know, just for people who wear brown sweaters and, you know, who are perfect and got yep. it all going for them. Turtleneck. Actually, um, you know, holiness is for each one of us. Um, God calls us to be sanctified, you know, set apart for his work, you know. Okay. So, but you didn't sell many? But I didn't put pictures in there. <laughs> Colouring pictures. I could have done, you know, like little outlines of Jesus or something, you know. To be fair, um, I did design the front cover. So did I, I did the front my best. Cover, and that's the only reason I got a heap, you know, um, got some copies sold. But um, we're actually in the process of writing a second book. So we're doing a little series. Of um, the success so, of the first one? Uh, uh, to build on the success of the first one, Matt. Um, and the next <laughs> one's going to be Jesus Christ. So you've got Holy and then Jesus Christ. And this one will be more about the life and ministry of Jesus and um, how actually we've watered down who Jesus is and our understanding of Jesus. Jesus was radical. He was, mm. you know, revolutionary. Um, and our Christology, our understanding of Jesus, I think, in my opinion, has has really diminished and we've really watered down the significance of who Jesus is. And yeah. so we're on another one just to kind of, little, you know. Um, You'll be able them. to shrink wrap them and sell them as a... Oh, that's right. As know? a duo. Yeah, absolutely. So... Were you in commerce? Did you study commerce? Yeah, so interesting. I, I grew up in terms of church community. I grew up in Anglican church um, and then it was kind of a common story for many. Dad got busy with business. One of my sisters was playing netball every Sunday and we kind of drifted away from church. And it wasn't until I was about 17 or 18 that I met Joe. And Joe was part of the Salvation Army and because I had that upbringing, you know, in the um, Anglican church, I was okay with attending church. So Joe was flirt to convert sort of thing. Works once. And <laughs> it, it was good. And um, actually at the time, um, Warby Core, as it was then called, um, was looking for a worship leader and I did a little bit of singing. I was, wasn't necessarily a, a passionate Christian or anything at the time, so I just started singing, you know, and I'm singing Jesus, you know, all this stuff about Jesus and I'm thinking, hey, I don't even know what I'm singing here but I hope you guys are inspired, you know. <laughs> um, and so my story was God getting me in ministry before I was even you know, possibly ready for it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of study, I was doing a Bachelor of um, Science at Melbourne Uni. So I got ducks in my high school and went off to Melbourne Uni, okay, A-plus student, high school, all the rest of it. I'll get to the reason why I mentioned that because I got to one semester and I failed everything. So I'd gone from ducks in my high school to failing every subject at Melbourne University. Must have been right? a good high school. Uh, it was. It was in the western suburbs. It was flawless. There, there was no gun violence or anything like that. Um, knives had been banned. Anyway, thanks, Matt. Um, I've lost my train of thought. That's right. There was no violence in Melbourne Uni. We went went there. I failed everything. And um, and at the same time, I had refound my faith in Christ and was getting really fired up about um, following Jesus. Um, and that was within the Salvation Army. And that was God's way of taking me out of the science field and I ended up going to Victoria University and did Bachelor of Business. So I ended up with a Bachelor of Business with a whole bunch of science credits. Okay. Um, but it was God's way of just closing a door on a particular direction in my life and through all the, the pain of failing everything and the self-esteem issues and all the rest of it to say, actually, I want you in this direction. And um, so the Bachelor of Business was all about communication, innovation, um, you know, accounting even and um, all, all that sort of stuff that can play a part in ministry even today. So it was a total realignment of where I was heading. Okay. It was painful at the time but, you know, it was God's way. I remember 
we were at Claire and I were at Preston, and you organ. I think you guys organised a youth event out at Werribee or something, and we were mm. busloading nice people out there. And you you preached. I don't remember what you said, but um, that's awesome. That's how good it was. No it was. doubt. <laughs> it's probably in the book. Um, <laughs> but I I remember then thinking that you were pretty fired up, um, quite a passionate kind of preacher and sort of stuff. And obviously you still are. Yeah. And yep. Joe, I don't think I've mm. heard you speak, Joe, but I'm assuming mm. you have that same sort of passion. So you go into ministry, you, you're fired up, you go to ministry, you go to core, you go to Palmerston mm. first in Darwin, grow, yeah. grow a core up there, which is mm. hot and sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you come down to here. And I really want to talk about some of the stuff you're doing here because I, I rec- yeah. recognise that while you do the, you know, the, the preaching and the like all that sort of stuff, that there's a lot more to mm. ministry. Obviously, I know you know this, I'm just yeah. making the comment. But yeah. yeah. You've, how do you keep all those things in tension, the, the things that you're really passionate about where you're kind of trying to drive this this message or share this good news in a in a world that is so diverse and, like you said, even just here on a daily basis, it's not just sitting in corners with coffee talking about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, like we are now. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I was only talking with another officer recently talking about um, he mentioned that I can't believe how much management I need to do in the midst of my appointment. I thought I was wanting to be a pastor, you know. Um, even when we went to Palmerston and it was a church, I think 18 people came to our welcome meeting. You know, obviously word hadn't got it out about who we were, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> hadn't written the book yet. The book, <laughs> or, or it had. You know, or it had. There was 400 uh, before you the got on there. comment there, I, I believe. Um, so not many people there, but the first thing was like was dealing with conflict between two people. And it's like you'd been through training college, um, have a heart for ministry, a heart to preach the gospel, a heart to reach out to people, and now you're dealing with Johnny and Jimmy who aren't getting along yeah. and, and then you're trying to, you know, work out how am I going to do this? This doesn't fit into any of my theological training or anything like that. Um, so I found that's been difficult, like mm. in terms of you're, you're really passionate about, say, preaching or um, pastoral care, whatever you're passionate about, but then you're kind of caught up in the whirlwind of ministry. Mm. Um, I find that interesting. What about you, Joe? Um, I think uh, for myself, I like to find ways for my passions to connect with what I'm doing. Um, so if if I'm doing a kids program, um, I want to do something that's creative with that kids, kids program that can keep my passion alive and keep my, me engaged in what's going on um, and can also benefit the people that I'm working with as well. Um, so if, if God has given me a talent for creative stuff, then if I can bless people through that and help them to see God through that, that's the best use of my time, I think. Yeah, um, yeah but in terms of the myriad of stuff that you need to do um, in ministry as a core officer, there's so much scope and so much opportunity to to just get to do different things that you, you may not have ever understood yeah. or expected when you got started. Yeah. So <clears throat> recognising that there's one ministry like inside the building yeah. when people come and you guys are well set up for that, you've, you've just launched a, an outreach van. Yeah. What's the, the vision behind that? It's interesting. I mean, theologically, it's really about we're not calling people to come to us. We're actually called to go to them. Mm. Um, And I said to our church a couple of years ago when we were kind of wrestling with this idea of having a very attractional ministry versus an incarnational one, and I said, "You you can take the local target and you can redo the walls, paint the walls, rejig all your, your stock, but if no one goes to target, 
It doesn't matter how well you set your store up, it's going to be irrelevant to them. Um, And I said, you know, it doesn't matter how well we do Sunday mornings, if you like, it doesn't matter how good our community lunches are. If people don't come to them, it it won't matter how well you redecorate, you know, this building. So for us, it's about taking our community of faith and actually kind of rolling up the sleeves and going out into our community. Um, So we're not calling people necessarily to come to us, Mm. although that would be nice still, come on a Sunday, you know. Yeah. Um, But we want to go to them. So the van effectively is like a, you know, mini kingdom building machine thing out into the community. Okay. Now for people who haven't um, done this sort of thing, Mm. obviously you didn't decide one day, actually I think we'll get a van. And Mm. then the next week, hey guys, I got the van, come and have a look at it. It's in the car park. Yeah. Talk about that process, you know, when when you get a vision, you know, that God says actually I want you to out and I'm going to equip you with the tools to do it. Yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Uh, well, Pete's an ideas man, so he's great for coming up for visions and ideas. I write books as well. Yeah, he does write books. <laughs> <laughs> no um, but I think what's really important in this story is that the the vision that was given to us was a God thing um, and that it wasn't something that we could make happen on our own um, because we tried in in this idea that happened to try to make it work in our own way. And we just found ourselves with a rusty old trailer and we were thinking maybe chucking a barbecue in it and seeing how that went. Um, but God's perspective of what was going to happen was completely different to that. Um, so I don't know, Pete, if you want to yeah, jump in Yeah, we had a lady named Di who um, is a 72-year-old little pocket rocket for Jesus, a soldier, and um, she works at our community lunch week in, week out last year um, helping um, one of the guys who was unemployed and she, she was um, giving food to this man after every lunch, you know, um, putting some things in the plastic containers and she would drop it off to this gentleman. He ended up finding a job at a um, trailer building place, caravan a trailer building place. And um, he ended up sharing the vision that Di had been talking about, about this van that we had been dreaming about, um, getting the food van. And uh, it turns out um, the couple that owned that business just looked him in the eye and said, oh, we'll build it. And um, so Di came to my office one day, you know, bawling her eyes out. I thought... <laughs> You know, that what's I, happened? I don't know what, you know, you're sick, what's happening? What know? have I done this time? Um, and I couldn't <laughs> yeah. understand what she was talking about. She, was she bub- read your book. <laughs> she was a bubbling mess. Um, and she ended up saying, oh, this business thing, you know, rattled off the story. They're going to build us this food van. So we ended up having this meeting with this couple. Turns out they're a Christian couple from a church down the road. Yeah. Um, and just they want to build us this this van. And they said, what do you need? You know, tell us what you dream of. I would love to have a annex part. would love to have, you know the opportunity to just cook a whole bunch of meals and all mm. the rest of it. And so twenty in all of 2017, they spent this year building this van for us <laughs> and haven't charged us to cent, a cent for mm. it. So it's interesting because we had a dream of a van and um, nothing happened for a long time and we didn't do anything. Um, and it was early last year that I felt the Holy Spirit just say, well, if you want a food van, why don't you go out and start looking for one? You know, And it was only after we started to put some steps... Um, kind of put our foot into the river, so to speak, um, that we began to see God's provision, you know. So I really was challenged by that. Um, It's all well and good to have a vision for something and a dream for something, but then, you know, you've got to go out and do something about it. So I was was thinking of like the scripture about um, it was by faith that Noah built the ark, you know. He, he, He had faith and believed, but he had to do something. 
Um, and it was when we started to step out that God actually provided this, this van for us. And then towards the end of the year, we put in a grant proposal with Hume City Council, local municipality, and they've given us 10 grand um, to, you know, pay for all the operational expenses. So God gives you a vision, step out and do something about it, and then he provides. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty amazing story. <laughs> I yeah, love it. I mean, yeah. it's the key part is that, yes, you get a vision, yes, you have a plan, but you have to sometimes you have to do something as well, mm, you know, and you, the whole time you're looking at these vans probably, mm. you know, driving around or surfing the yep. the web, you're thinking, oh, sure, I don't have any money for this. No. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to sell a lot of used clothes yeah. or we're going to, yeah. it's just nuts. Or children. Or children, <laughs> <laughs> kidneys. Like how are we, how we going to do it? Um, but I think, you know, and I think that's a challenge for, you know, people listening too that yep. yeah. just because if God's going to lead you in a direction, you know, mm. yes, you have to sort of wait at yeah, times absolutely. and, and you know, wait on him, but then you have to kind of do something mm. and point yourself in that direction and start making yeah. some steps. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not a given that it's going to be easy. I don't think God no. ever promises it's going to be easy. So we have the dream about a food van and now the rubber hits the road where we're actually out at Craigieburn Festival on the weekend and, you know, the amount of work to get all that started, you know. Lord, I just wanted a food van that was fully <laughs> prepped and fully <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to put you got to put your hand to the plough. You've got to get involved. Yeah. You know? and, and certainly no uh, disrespect to the people who built it, mm. but the hard work mm. is ahead of you. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> like it. That's the amazing part. I mean, that's ministry though. Yeah. That's the, that's the ministry part. When you yeah, start absolutely. serving absolutely. meals to people who are, yeah. are broken and challenged, that's when yeah. you get yeah. a new set of challenges. Yeah. I like yeah. to think of it um, in, in a way that God actually really believes in what's going to happen with this food van. Otherwise, he wouldn't have put in so much effort to make it happen. And I just think about there's going to be people that God's going to place in the ministry of this food van that are going to be changed forever. I oh, can see it. Um, because yeah. there's been so much effort that God's put into orchestrating this happening. So how awesome yeah. is that? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Even um, even yesterday we were walking through the shopping centre. I was grabbing a coffee, which I do occasionally, and um, we looked at each other, Joel and I, and said we really need to get a small little barbecue just to fit in the van. It would be good to expand, you know, when we go somewhere we can pull mm. the barbecue out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it, you know, maybe a couple of hundred dollars, a few hundred dollars. Anyway, we had another officer just ring us um, yesterday afternoon after we just had this conversation and said, oh, I've just got a, a barbecue that's been donated from Bunnings. Can I come drop it off? Do you guys need it at all by any chance? And we're like, uh, you'll never guess the conversation we had this morning. You know? <laughs> there is a chance, yes. Yeah, um, possibly. So <laughs> it's just God's provision has been amazing. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, so I love that. Grab a hold of a vision. God's going to provide for it, you know. Mm. Can I ask? As parents, and yeah. um, it's just around provision, mm. like God's provision. When you mm. in your own ministry, yeah, can you like I think you know we we recognise it when we look back at times, but maybe not in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that some people struggle with entering into ministry. Yeah, you know, being able to do. You're talking something. financially. Well, you mean? I don't. I don't want to be that yeah. narrow. Yeah. yeah, but just I guess God's faithfulness. Yeah, providing for your family. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, just a story in relation to this van. Um, our kids have caught the vision of it as well. And I think that's the beauty of having a family orientation towards your ministry. Um, so on this Sunday, this past Sunday gone, in the morning the kids were doing something in kids' church and my daughter decided that she wanted to write some letters to some of the people that were going to come to the van launch. And so she wrote a letter to the mayor. <laughs> 
to say thank you for coming to our Connect Van launch. I hope you really love the food. Um, and, and so she gave that to the mayor and the mayor was so touched by that. He's like, I'm going to stick this up in my office. He had a photo with her and he thought it was the best thing ever. Mm. Um, and so I think for the kids, they see what we're doing. They tell us all the time they want to be like us when they grow up, which I think is awesome. Um, but also they see where they can have an influence and an impact in their community at the, the places and spaces that God's placed them as well. So yeah. I think that's beautiful. This is a, a conversation we have often, I think, Matt, in terms of balance around ministry and time with your family. And we're even just talking about it on the way here about we're getting very busy at the moment. The last two, three weeks, you know, we really need to spend some time with the kids, you know. And um, I think we've we've come out maybe a generation ago um, from an outsider's perspective at least um, where you used to drag your children everything. And um, children at times maybe um, for some became disenfranchised with the church because they were living there and, and there was, there was yeah. no sense of kind of separation. And um, for Joe and I, we've always tried to, to say, actually, we're going to not take our kids out every night of the week. We're mm. actually going to go home and just watch TV and sit on the couch. And that's not to be lazy or anything like that, but that's just to, to recognise we need that time um, as a family, just to, you know, watch a movie and spill the popcorn over the couch and all the rest of it mm. and um, just, you know, do the little daddy wrestles on the floor and stuff like that, you know, mm. and then I'll squash the kids and I need to call the ambulance, yeah, or, you know, like it, all that sort of stuff. And, um, but I survived <laughs> with my father, and, you know, <laughs> they've got to survive as well. Um, but having that time and not feeling guilty about it. Mm. And I think that's that's a whole. I think sometimes it's your perception of what others think of you that causes you to be so driven in your ministry because you think that they expect of you that you would be there at everything and do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do you, sort do of, you feel that? Well, I think I think it's a perception. I think people want you to have space with your children, and I think you put the pressure on yourself. I put that pressure on me to um, succeed in ministry um, at times at the expense of your children and um, everyone else is saying, why don't you just go home and spend some time, you know, you put the pressure on yourself and and really you just need to spend some time with your kids, you know. Mm. Well, the, the voice in your head, and this is my experience, mm. oh, oh you're, a, you're a great core officer and I'm thinking actually mm. I'm a, at, at this point in time I'm a lousy parent, mm. you know, like a, yeah. trying to, yeah. how do you sort of raise both yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to beat and track, mm. Matt, but like mm. it was the other night. We don't have a track. Someone, <laughs> um, someone messaged me, um, you know, 10 o'clock at night and said, blah, blah, you know, something about ministry. And I said, oh, it's 10 o'clock. I might chat tomorrow. And they continued to, to message on Facebook. And then I thought, they're not really getting the subtlety of my comment. It's very late. Are we able to talk about this tomorrow? Because mm. it's it's really you know, crossing the line of how mm. late I want to have these conversations. Mm. And I think sometimes you don't put those boundaries up. Yeah. And I'm getting to the point now, you know, 35, whatever, um, trying to say actually now's not the time to talk about this. 10 o'clock at night, I'm watching TV, you know, mm. um, we'll talk about your broken toenail tomorrow, you know. Mm. Um, and so you just put the boundaries, yeah. boundaries up. What about you, Joe? Boundaries, any good? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm a P personality who just 
just goes with the flow. Um, so sometimes I have to be really strict with myself about boundaries. Um, I like to make, for Pete and I, I think we function best when we have a day off. And so we try to be fairly strict about having a day off. Yep. Um, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But we notice that when we don't have that space um, for our own physical capabilities for yeah. the, keeping the work going and our motivation going, um, we really so struggle with that. health. Yeah, that's right. Like, for your health, yeah, for your mental health, your for your emotional health, yeah. everything. Um, even for our ability to be connected and engaged with the ministry ahead of us, we've got to actually um, get our mind in the right spot. So you've got to have the break. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. What would you say to people exploring ministry? You know, like maybe they're parents, maybe they're creative. Yeah. Maybe they're, they were A-plus students at high school. Maybe, like. But, because I kind of sense with the, the movement in the Salvation Army that God's calling all sorts of people. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. How, how do you speak into that for people that, you know, would be considering, you know, a life of or a season of ministry? Um, I don't yeah. know. How would you, what would you say to them? Um, I'd say get really deeply connected with your local church. Um, get really engaged in your local community. Yeah. If you're passionate to see people one for Jesus, do it where you are. Um, and if you think that God's going to take you further in your ministry in future, that's really awesome. But if you can't do it where you are at, at the time, um, it, it doesn't really show how how deep your level of commitment is to where God has placed you for that time. Yeah, you've so, got, you got to serve a local vision, don't you, before God's going to give you authority over other people in leadership. Like you, you've got to find people who are serving already, yeah. you know, before you step in. And another thing about exploring ministry. Some people explore ministry for years. They just explore, mm. they yeah. just wander and wander. Yep. Yeah. And at some point you've got to stop exploring and actually step into the River Jordan and get into the promised land. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, like how long does the A1 form sit on some people's desks? Like they explore ministry, they're waiting for some sort of zap of lightning from, from heaven and God all the time has said, you know, step forward, get on with it. Um, and sometimes people are waiting for some sort of affirmation that God's already given them. And um, so for some, not every one, but for some, it's God's already affirmed your calling. Get on with it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. I think some for us, some of our best years of um, ministry whilst in training um, was leading in a local church, um, in a local core under great offices. Mm. Um, and like that was a really great time because we didn't have the, all the responsibility of looking after the whole mm. church. Who, who um, were those officers? Um, Kevin my... and Judy Lum. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so they just had a real impact on us. Matt in... Reeve was inspirational from he a distance from as a well. From a distance, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> I look good from a distance too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from a distance. You <laughs> smell good from it a distance. It changes the closer you get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the only reason I, I say I actually yeah. didn't know who that was, but I think yeah. it's good to honour Absolutely, and, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. For the chat, I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, thanks, for the mate. ministry of the the van, the core, mm. and you know, yeah. um, I just think it's really amazing, mm. and it's a it's a lesson in in God's you know sort of faithfulness, if you like. That, mm. Not yeah. that we would challenge that, but the provision that He's provided for the core, yeah, and for the community, and all the doors that all yeah. will open up, and the conversations. Your congregation outside of this building will be bigger. Mm. Because of it, because people connect yeah. Yeah. over the van, over the food, over conversations and prayer ministry, whatever. It's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, awesome. Right. Now, do you have any copies of this book, 
left? I actually, I think we may have sold out. I, there was a group um, in the on the Gold Coast actually, of the Sunshine Coast. I sold forty two. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, forty. Well, he has done yeah. quite. I was going to say that. I was going to say that if you had any left, we could give some copies away if people left a we comment could. on the Facebook page. We but could. we don't yeah. have any. No, I think I have some. How many? Um, five? I think there's at least five, yeah. Okay. Yep. If All not, right. we'll do a, a rerun. Well, there a you go. If you leave a, a comment on the uh, the Salvation Army Candidates Facebook page, Constructive, the first five comments get a book. There, there we you go. go. All that right. sounds good, man. All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you uh, for Pete and Joe and for this core and for the ministry and for the vision. Um, uh, we have the desire to reach uh, into the community. Uh, we we recognise and we've heard today of the things that happen inside the building, which are dynamic. Um, it's kind of messy at times, mm. um, but yeah, there we know that we live in a broken world, mm. and we know that there's people uh, in our streets and in in the homes that they live in um, who who need to experience your love. Mm. And I pray that you'd use Pete and Joe and the core community here. Um, to be that example uh, in, in Craigieburn. Yeah. We thank you for your provision. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your outreach uh, possibilities and the opportunities that they have. And um, but we, our desire would to see the, our Australia transformed yeah. uh, one life at a time. Mm-hmm. And we believe that you're going to do that through the ministry of Craigieburn. So, yeah. um, Father, just continue to pour your spirit on them and their leadership, uh, on their family, um, as they continue to grow in their influence and their impact. Uh, on this on this city. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 Don't forget to leave a comment and you can, uh, in first five comments, get a book, a signed copy. Of the uh, signed copy. Your reward for the... getting to the end of the podcast, listening yeah. right to the end. Well done. <laughs> You've done well. Yeah, okay. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us for more about Officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore Officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?